Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. Oh, actually, you right? actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no me. It's the Gridiron Stud Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe-to-toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. into a Monday. It's Chad Wilson and Amo Calamino. It's the weekend wrap. Uh, thank God for Monday, Amo? Uh, I couldn't handle much more after this weekend. Boy, was was this weekend full of excitement in uh, the land of college and pro football. Yeah, Saturday well, was crazy. Sound extremely excited, let me tell you right now. But nevertheless, it's Monday. <laughs> a whole bunch to get to on the show today. I don't think we're going to get to it all. Uh, kind of impossible here for us, but nevertheless, we're going to attempt to do it. It was a wild weekend in college football. Uh, I saw something that I don't think I've ever seen before happen in college football this past Saturday. Very interesting day in the NFL yesterday. It was a nice comeback for the NFL, who had been battered with uh, talks of rating drops. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't you say it was a very good day for the NFL yesterday? Oh, they, they they hit it out of the park yesterday in terms of exciting games, especially in their their prime slots in the 4:30 and then the 8:30 games, where they got a lot of you know eyeballs on individual games. I mean, they really they hit a home run yesterday. Yeah, uh, definitely that. So we'll uh, we'll be we'll be talking about some of the games that went down yesterday. They were very very interesting. Uh, there were some things that went on in the NFL that you and I have been seeing happening for quite some time. The bottom fell out on some teams yesterday, and there's some soul-searching that needs to go on. Some other teams flexed their muscle and let them know who was boss, and some playoff races are starting to shape up a little bit. And uh, some teams that we thought might have been in this thing are not going to be in it, it looks like, right here. And then there's also a soap opera going on with uh, one of those NFL teams. So much to talk about. Let's get to Saturday, though, Emil. I saw something that I don't think I've ever seen. Uh, you and I have been around for about the same length of time. I don't think I've ever seen the number two, three, and number four team in the country go down in the same weekend. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it may have happened at some point, and we'd have to probably do some research on that. But if it did, I don't remember it. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, if it, that's usually one of those things you tend to remember. But I guess you know, you're watching a football. Maybe it has, but man, was it crazy Saturday or what? Oh, absolutely crazy! I didn't get to see all of the games, but um, you know, I caught obviously I caught the uh, highlights of some games, followed some games while I could, and I was just shocked 
to see uh, to just see him falling one by one by one of the three, uh, the number two, three, and four team going down. Emil, which one was the most surprising to you? I'm going to say Clemson, and I'll explain to you why. Okay, Michigan, while losing to Iowa on the road, was surprising to me as a three-touchdown favorite, especially the way Iowa's looked this year, what happened to them the previous week at Penn State. They're still a, you know, a, a, a formidable program. They, they were good last year. They're at home. Home upsets in college football, to me, are not as big of a deal. You see teams step up at home and beat the other team. Uh, there's a big advantage in a home field in college football and college basketball, for that matter. Uh, USC going to Washington, while a big upset, I mean, I think if anybody's being honest, uh, we've been around long enough to know USC was, is starting to get close to what USC was. The scholarships are built back up. He stabilized the program. They have the stud quarterback. So not as surprising. I was happy, but not as surprising. What surprises me is a team like Pitt, an average football team, doesn't play a hell of a lot of defense, um, good running back. They go on the road, okay, and I think they were three touchdown underdogs on the road at Clemson, one of the tougher venues in college football, and they take out Clemson. To me, that's the big surprise of the weekend. Yeah, you know, I'm I, I'm I'm inclined to say that, Amol, but you know, Clemson has flirted with losing um a couple of times this season. Uh, Michigan hadn't really done that. And uh, you know, looking at what has happened to Iowa during this season, certainly not the Iowa team that we saw last year. They've looked completely overmatched in some football games, and here's Michigan that had been stomping on the neck of just about everyone this season. That one was a little bit more surprising to me, Emil. Well, it, you know, it's close between those two. I think we both agree. With, you, I, I assume you agree with my assessment. Probably the least surprising was USC winning. Yeah, I think we both uh, we both predicted such a thing that this could happen. Um, I yeah, I, I just felt it, and people were probably saying he's a homer. But you know, I'll be honest. You know, when early in the year. I've, I like Clay Helton, but I, I was skittish on him. I was thinking, hey, this guy, uh, I like him. He's a good guy. Maybe he started at the wrong program way ahead of himself. But he stabilized it, and he got the right players. I think it was more setting his lineup, almost like a Major League Baseball manager setting his bullpen. I think once he got his lineup set and understood his personnel as a head coach and not as a coordinator, they've come to what we expect them to be with their talent. But I agree with you on those two. I mean, I see your point on Michigan. I really do. Um, you, you wouldn't expect it the way they were doing teams this year. I mean, they were going out and really, for the most part, just just destroying teams. And Iowa really has had a tough year offensively, and frankly, they had a tough game offensively there. I mean, they only scored 13 points, but their defense, I mean, that's Yeah, what, it was all that, about what, defense for them in this yeah, game. It was definitely yeah. that. And you know what this exposed, Emil? It really did expose – the fact that Michigan doesn't have explosive players on offense. I mean, I guess that would explain the use of Jabril Peppers on that side of the ball. Yeah, they can grind you out and maybe wear you down. But if you've got another team that's up for the challenge and ready for the fist fight and can take the punches and throw them back, they don't really have someone that could change a game for them right now. Well, you know, he builds his teams like that typically. Even his 49er teams, in the, you know, when he was in the NFL – you know, if you dial your memory back, until Kaepernick came in with a little bit of his running and goofy stuff, I mean, his teams were totally built. Alex Smith was throwing eight-yard patterns like he's still doing today, 
and they were going to run the ball with Gore, and they were going to beat you up, and that's what he did at Stanford. And that's, by and large, a good formula, but you do need some of those explosive plays to take the top off a of defense, or otherwise what happens is you know, a, a, guy, a defense that's on its game on a certain night and a, cor- a coordinator who's in a groove can start you know, calling defenses that make it very tough for you to move the football. You're playing in like the proverbial phone booth. and I, you know, That's my concern watching Michigan in that game. Everybody says, well, how would they play with Alabama? Well, I think their lines for a while could you know, probably stand up a little bit because they are physical. But how are they going to move the ball? I mean, that's the question I, that I ask. How are they going to move yeah, I, I think that was a, a big thing that was exposed there. And if you are, you know, if you're Ohio State, um, I think you're looking at that and saying if you, we could just sit in here and hang on and play tough defense and uh, kind of, you know, force this team to go wide and not run so much in between the tackles uh, or load the box up, uh, we, could, we, could, we could walk away with this thing uh, a, a winner. Well, yeah, let, let, hold that thought one second. I want to get off Clemson and back to this one, one second. You mentioned Clemson before. My, my, that was a little more surprising. Uh, Clemson has flirted with losing all year. I mean, I think I sent a note to you. I mean, they kind of deserve that loss. I mean, that North Carolina State game, that kicker missed three field goals. I could have had you kick them, and you would have made one of them, okay, and they would have, beat, they would have lost. But Clemson reminds me a lot, and you're going to remember this. Some of our audience won't of the 1995 Arkansas basketball team. They had won the national championship the year before. Not quite the parallel. Clemson lost the championship game. They seemed very bored in the regular season. They got to the tournament, and they just kept winning games. I mean, every you'd think they were dead. They'd find a way to win. I think they won like four games in a row in the last 10 seconds. They finally got to the final, ran out of gas, and I think they lost to UCLA. But my point is, I kind of felt like Clemson's going to do that all year and then finally they'll run out of gas in the playoffs. But they ran out of gas on Saturday, and you're, you're right. I guess if I look at it from that perspective, maybe I shouldn't be as surprised because at, one, at some point when you play with fire, you're going to get burned. Get burned, and, as yeah, they say. Yeah, yeah. yeah but hey, now going back to that Michigan-Ohio State game, you know what I want to see happen here, Chad? Here's what I really want to see happen. Just because you know I've been a big proponent. I got off my 16-team playoff. I think it's too much. I think the four doesn't make a load of sense because we don't have all five conference champions in there. And I wanted eight. I want eight, right? So here's what I want to happen. I want Ohio State to beat Michigan. That gives Michigan two losses. They're out of the playoffs. But guess what happens then? Penn State's probably going to win their last two games. They're going to beat Rutgers and Michigan State. A 10-2 and two Penn State team who's not anywhere near, and let's be honest, on a neutral field, there's not many people betting Penn State over Ohio State. And, yes, I know they beat them at Penn State. Ohio State is, is shut out of the Big Ten championship game. Because you and I have criticized the lineup in the Big Ten for a while. When you put Michigan and Ohio State in the same conference, you set yourself up when you put them on the same side of the conference for what could happen this year. A Big Ten title game, Penn State, Wisconsin, with your, with your best team, probably ranked number two in the country, Ohio State, watching the game at home. I think each and every year, Emil, with this, with the college football playoff, we're going to run into little different situations like this. We had the Big 12 thing a couple of years ago. Now we've got this thing that could possibly happen with the Big 10. Won't be long before we have some kind of a situation with the SEC, which we could have if somehow uh, the, the SEC East winner goes and upsets Alabama um, and does so in a close fashion. We're going to have something each and every year. 
But I am starting to wonder, though, the fact that we only have a four-team playoff, did that set up the excitement that we had on Saturday? Because, you know, if we had an eight-team playoff, I don't, I don't know that Saturday would have been that exciting because everyone would yes, have still Yes and in. no, Chad, because if you're doing it with eight and you're saying the Power Five conference champions get in, well, then every team that's trying to win a conference is playing to get in that tournament. You've only got three at-large bids for your, at your disposal. So, for instance, let's, let's play a worst-case scenario out for the Big Ten. What I just said happens, Wisconsin plays Penn State and beats them. Wisconsin's been a very good team all year. They have two losses, one's, one's against Michigan by seven, one's against Ohio State by seven, and overtime they've beaten LSU. That, that, that's, a, that's a solid Wisconsin team there. So they're in the playoff, they win the conference. But you'd have that at large to, to say, wait, Ohio State's 11-1 and beat the hell out of almost every team they played. You know, let's put them in there at large. I mean, there's still going to be the excitement because Wisconsin's trying to play their way in. I mean, that championship game is, you know, Wisconsin or Penn State. Penn State beats Wisconsin, they're in. Yeah, I just I mean, think I, that what I, you've set your – what I are you going to do in this scenario? Listen, listen I, if, you, if you think Saturday is the last of the mayhem that's going to go on, then um, you're not paying attention. There's more to come, trust me. Because right now we've got, we've, we've got a bunch of teams that are the same right now, um, and then there's Alabama. Um, Ohio State could lose. Uh, you know, Louisville could lose to Houston. Michigan has to play Ohio State. Uh, I don't know where Clemson is right now. You've got Wisconsin in the mix right now. Here's your AP top 25 as of yesterday. Alabama number one, no one can dispute that. Number two is Ohio State, the team that lost to Penn State. Um, you've got Louisville, who uh, is not going to play for their conference championship, I don't imagine. And um, they're, they're in this college football playoff right now. They're an also ran in the ACC. Think about how that's going to sit. Michigan, who just lost, but again, they've got to play Ohio State. Clemson now, Clemson, who beat Louisville, has one loss, is on the outside looking in at a Louisville team that they beat. Um, and now you've got Wisconsin and Washington. Wisconsin with two losses ahead of Washington. Um, you've got all kind of madness going on. There's going to be some more losses and more mayhem in this thing. This thing's going to be Let me make only one point, and I agree with you on the mayhem part. This whole notion, and I, and, I, and I see what the college football committee thinks with conference champions, I get that. But the way conferences are set up with two divisions, until, unless you're playing round robin, which is impossible if you have 14 teams, or the, conf, the division champion is determined by only record in the division, you can't put as much weight on a conference champion because you really, for instance, let's look at the Big Ten. Penn State missed Nebraska. And they missed Wisconsin from the other side of the conference. So that's completely different than an Ohio State schedule who played both of them. So, 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 so they got lucky this year in the rotation that the weak part of the conference fell to Penn State on the other side. And I, there's all kinds of examples. I'm just using that. It comes to mind because we were talking about this. This could turn into a mess. So until you have a round robin, which you can't, you almost have to say your record in the division d determines the division champion because then that ensures that those seven teams have played the same schedule for which you're awarding that division championship to go it to the conference. It seems no matter what they do in college football, 14 playoff, 18 playoff, there's always going to be room for argument. That's what makes college football great. We're going to continue this discussion as to what happened on Saturday when we get back on the break. Stay with us. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. <laughs> Thank you. 
Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiation and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance? No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP property management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MY-MVP-CC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. Sure, someone's gone, which is here. But that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. It's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-ShirtSupplies.com. Go there now. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kids stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, living, being right, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! But I'm piped up. See that boy right up. He piped up. See that girl right up. She piped up. Oh. 
Pipe it up. Pipe it up. All right, we're back here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino, trying to make sense of the college football race. You know, we started on something there going into the break, Emil. I want to pick it up back here. Um, you know, you've always been a proponent of the 18 playoff. You uh, are saying that you think it would solve all of the problems that we have here. All, you know, of course, all of the debates. I'm also of the belief, though, let me, let me just say this before, uh, you know, we launch into this discussion. Um, I don't want the debates to be solved by a playoff in college football. I think that's kind of what separates college football from the NFL. Um, I think the debates are healthy. It keeps, uh, it keeps the game talked about. It keeps uh, people tuned in. And I, I think it's what college football also wants. They want the debates every year. But let's dig into this 18 playoff and how this would work. So sitting here looking at things right now. Well, wait a second. I agree with you, but you're always going to have debates. Hell, they put 68 teams in the NCAA basketball tournament, and then they do a complete hour of bitching about which ones got left out. So, I mean, you're always going to have debates. What I'm trying to do is a little bit of both. Let's get the best. Like, look at last year, okay? Ohio State was an 11-1 team, and I'm no Ohio State lover. So, first of all, for me to take up the argument for Ohio State takes a lot, okay? They lost one football game. I believe it was a 17-14 game against Michigan State. In my mind, Ohio State was clearly one of the four or five best teams in the country last year. Michigan State won the conference, rightfully so. In my system, they would have gotten in the playoffs. They went and played Alabama. I'm pretty sure last year, even if Alabama beats Ohio State, which they probably would have, they're not beating them 38 nothing. That game in Texas Stadium was about as boring of a semifinal as you could ever get. It was so one-sided. So... I guess what I'm trying to say is, do you want to get what you think is is the best team or pretty close to it? Or if if you just want to be entertaining, I'm I'm down with that. It's entertaining. But I think we can have our cake and eat it, too. I think we can get okay, both. So We're still going to debate what team got left out. Damn, you put in this team at number eight as an, as an at-large. It should have been the other team. You're still going to get that. Sure. Um I don't know. I'm, I've kind of warmed up to the whole 14 playoff thing, but let's play out your scenario real quick. Um, let, I'm, I'm going to try and forecast some conference champions here. You feel free to disagree if you like. Uh, ACC, I'm going to go with Clemson, despite what happened on Saturday night. Big Ten, yes. uh, a, tougher, a tougher race to call, uh, but I'm going to call – I'm going to say Ohio State, since I think Michigan's probably – some things were exposed Oh, wait, what's there, the think. scenario? How, how is Ohio State winning this? Because if Ohio State wins their last two games, the only way they can get into the Big Ten championship game is Penn State has to lose to Rutgers or Michigan State. Well, that kind of changes things now, does it? Um, so then and, and the Michigan State game is at Penn State, so so you're you, you, they're not losing to Rutgers. I think we can both agree. Rutgers shouldn't even be in the Big Ten at this point. Okay, they should they should be thrown out. We probably need to have how how deeply that program's fallen off. But yes. I'm glad I have the accountant on here who pays attention to these kind of things. So we're saying Michigan then Big Ten champ. Well, Michigan would have to beat Ohio State. If Michigan loses to Ohio State and Ohio State's eleven and one, Michigan falls to ten and two. Penn State wins out there ten and two. They end up in a tie for the Big Ten championship because Penn State's other loss was to Pitt out of conference. In that division, Penn State, by virtue of their twenty four twenty one home win over Ohio State, is that that division champion, and they would play the winner of the other side, which I'm going to guess you're going to say is going to be Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, would it not? Yes, 
Yeah, if they beat Nebraska and then they're in a tie, and uh, you, like you know it? they would have Man, the tiebreaker. Great, Emil. This is just the Big Ten is just absolutely wonderful right now. Who do you like in a game between Wisconsin and Penn State? Oh, I like Wisconsin. I mean, listen, I think Penn State's done a wonderful job, and I, I love Barkley. I think he's he's a big time running back. Their offensive line is, you know, I had some Penn State lovers up here telling me, well, you know, they had injuries on Saturday against Indiana. I said, man, it's the eighth, ninth, tenth game of the year. Everybody's got injuries at this point in the year. You got a scholarship to play football at Penn State, and you couldn't control the line of scrimmage against Indiana. How do you think that's going to look against Wisconsin? Oh, I would take Wisconsin in that game in a heartbeat. Okay, so we're going to call Big Ten for Wisconsin. Who's, you know, at Penn State, Wisconsin, Big Ten championship game. Raise your hand if you had that uh, before the season started. Absolutely incredible. Well, wait, and by the way, here's a very real chance, okay, if that is your Big Ten championship game and, and the committee does not take Ohio State in your scenario where they win out, there's a good chance the Big Ten is on the outside looking in of of this playoff, and I guarantee you if that's the case, you'll have more and more talk about the eight teams because the Big Ten is one of the richest conferences along with the SEC. They will not be happy sitting home, okay, because I can't see the committee putting a two-loss team in, in there unless there's no other one-loss teams. Well, you know, this is the price of uh, having a really now competitive conference. Um, these guys are going to beat up on each other. It's kind of some of the argument I've been making quietly about the SEC you know people want to be down on the SEC because you don't have a you know a bunch of what appears to be dominant teams well what's really happening is these teams are beating up on each other it's you know yes I agree I agree with you there Chad but here's the problem again we go back to what I said when you have the imbalance schedule and the luck of the draw you you could end up with Ohio State which I think should be in the playoff if they win out if they're 11 and 1 you're gonna you're gonna have Ohio State team that won at Oklahoma at Wisconsin, their one loss was by three points at Penn State after playing at Wisconsin the week before. They're, they have beaten Nebraska, another top 20 team, by 59 points. And they're going to have beaten Michigan, who is a perennial top 10 team all year. For them to go 11-1 and one and not be included in the playoff because of this silly, well, we, we like conference champions. They know damn well these are smart people. you got Condoleezza Rice was picking this stuff with people. These people understand that an imbalanced schedule is going to lead to oddities like we have it, it, with, a, with potentially I mean, Penn State playing right Wisconsin. We're looking at a situation where Ohio State and Michigan could be sitting at home. Well, the one who loses the game probably should be. At that point, they're a two-loss team, and that's still a great season. I'm not saying that, but, but if we're only Imagine a thriller, teams, uh, Amal, that's 24, and 20, 24 to 23. I mean, what are you I understand, do? but, you know, that's – that's you know at some point you have to stop otherwise you just go in a circle you're like a cat chasing its tail i mean at some point somebody wins somebody loses whether it's by a point or it's by a hundred points you lose somebody ends up with one loss somebody ends up with two losses the one loss team i feel should be in the two loss team probably not i mean am i going to kill michigan sure i I wasn't really thrilled about what they did Saturday if I'm a Michigan fan but they have one loss on the road which you always have cautioned me from your years of playing winning on the road in college football is tough Um, tough. very tough yeah they're going to have a one point loss on the road I mean right now here's the points for points against for the season usually a sign of strength Michigan has scored 445 points allowed 110 Ohio State 465 
allowed 127. Conversely, we've got Wisconsin, 262-127, so good defensively, no offense. Penn State, 355, good offensively, allowed 261, average defense. So, I mean, what I'm trying to say is it's clear that if Michigan or Ohio State is 11-1, and and Michigan doesn't have the same problem Ohio State has, if Michigan wins out their champions, they beat Penn State by 39 points. I just said 39 points at Michigan. So you're going to have one Penn State. Another, We're headed for a big mess. But staying on our A-team yeah. uh, scenario here that you seem to favor, Clemson ACC champ, Big Ten champ, Wisconsin, Big 12, let's say Oklahoma, Pac-12, which is also – it gets a little murky now because, Amal, I'm looking at this right now. Washington State could be, you know, making it to the Pac-12 championship game. Right now – Sure they could, but that's a very simple scenario there. Uh, As long as Washington handles their business at home, I think they have Oregon this week. The winner of the Washington Washington State game will win that Northern Division. So, oh, I mean, um, yeah, they have Arizona it's, State. It's, excuse me. It's simple from a mathematical standpoint. Washington State could win that game, Emil, is what I'm saying. What I'm saying oh, is, yeah, Washington, sure could. we could have a Pac-12 championship game featuring Colorado versus Washington State. I mean, if you fell off your motorcycle a year ago and woke up out of a coma and saw that, you're going to think you reached the other side. Sure, <laughs> I agree. So who are you? Call? I mean, you're let's let's, you're let's go crazy. Let's let's have fun with this. Accident than just a coma. This is crazy. Let's have let's Washington have fun State with this and say Colorado. Washington State runs the table. They go they put them at eleven and two, so they win the Pac-12. Okay, so now they're in. So I'll pencil them. I don't in want to say that. Let's let's let's, uh, let's go with let's not go with the. Let's give it. To okay, Washington. let's go Washington because they've been the best team for the better part of the year. Right. Let's just say they're going to get their act together here, and let's call it for Washington. The SEC's easy. Well, they lost one game. I mean, it's not like they lost. I mean, they lost one game to USC. I mean, let's let's not bury them. They're nine to one. Yeah, I think and they've outscored their opponents by almost three hundred points. This particular quarterback uh, would probably be the number one team in the South right now. Uh, you know, we don't have enough time to even get into that discussion. No. So let's just call it Washington. SEC, we're going to call it Bama because saying any other name right sure. now would probably, you know, would probably all have to go. Um, you know, toe the line and probably get do a breathalyzer. So that's Bama. So now your your three at-large teams, I'm going to assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Louisville, or do you want to boot Ohio State? No, Michigan? Ohio State, Michigan winner. Okay, that's really simple. We have the Ohio State, Michigan winner. One of them's 11-1. and one. one of them's going to drop the 10-2. and two. So we have the winner of that game in. Let's, for argument's sake, Pretend that we we're pretty confident Louisville takes care of business in a big game against Houston, and then takes care of Kentucky. They're two big assumptions, but let's take them for at, at face value here. And we have an 11-1 Louisville team. They're in. Okay, so now we've got seven of our eight. Now we let the debate begin. You you like debates? We can still debate. We can still debate because we got all kinds of debates mm-hmm. for who that last spot is. I mean, I mean, it, you know, you put Oklahoma in. Uh, West Virginia is probably going to be a two-loss team. Who knows where Colorado and Utah and Oklahoma State and even, you know, at this point, you, you know, you might get into even, a, you know, with eight teams, you might be able to slide a three-loss team in there depending on who they played. LSU runs the table. Maybe, maybe right, they Amal, get let's in. Do this. Let's do this. And this probably makes for a more interesting uh, college football discussion right now. I don't think we really need to. 
get headlong into what happened. I think everyone has seen it, what happened in these games. Let's play this scenario. Colorado beats Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. Now what? Well, Colorado's in, in the right? playoff. So what? They won the Pac-12. So what? What's so wrong with that? Washington They're 8-2 right now. Okay, so who's – is Washington now one of your uh, at-large teams, and then who are we booting out? Maybe, but listen, you said you wanted to bait. My point is you're definitely going to get – I don't want maybes. Give it to me right now. Put yourself on record. If Washington were were 11-1 and lost a a good ball game with Colorado, then my last team is either going to be that Washington team in this scenario or if Michigan-Ohio State, depending on how that game went down, I'll take one of those losers with two losses. So I'll either take a two-loss Washington or two-loss Michigan-Ohio State – the debate is on. People can go crazy. They can argue. But you're arguing about Colorado. This team's 8-2. and two. They have two losses at Michigan in a game where they lost their quarterback in well, the no, second quarter with the 21. I didn't say it that 21. way to poo-poo Colorado. That's not what I was doing. I was just merely saying that that's going to cause a team like Washington sure. to be out of this thing automatically, and now we've got a problem with at-large team. Well, what would be Somebody the problem? Colorado's 8-2. and two. They, would beat, they play Washington State next week. They play Utah the week after, and then they would, in your scenario, have to beat Washington in the championship game. So they're 11-2. and two. They've beaten Washington, Utah, Washington State in a row, and they have two losses at Michigan They're and in, at rightfully USC. so. I'm giving you that. They're yes. in, rightfully so. Pac-12 champion, you're in. Rightfully so. We've got a problem with at-large teams now. They <laughs> can fight about it. Next time, win your conference. Again, that's what makes – see, in my system, now winning that conference becomes the utmost importance, and all these things you worry about going away, the debate, the Saturday nights with upsets, the upsets are huge. These are conference games right now. It does you get knocked of out of first place in the playoff with five power five conferences. <laughs> yeah, listen. I you, mean, that's perfectly if you, imperfect. If you leave the Pac-12 out, I sent you the Sagarin ratings, okay? I sent you those Sagarin ratings. Now, Jeff Sagarin, for years, did the, the, one of the polls for the BCS. He has a mathematical formula. He has the best conferences by division. SEC West is number one. Pac-12 South, number two. Pac-12 North, number three. You could have the second best conference in college football without a team in the playoff. Is it their fault that it's a great conference? Yeah, and there's always a debate about the conferences. Hey, look, the last one on this thing, um, Western Michigan wins out. They can't get any love. They can't slide in there with an at-large bid. If they can't slide maybe in there, they none can. of these teams ever can. But maybe they can, and that's the point. Maybe they do deserve. They'd have to look at strength to schedule, who they played. We can't meet, and we don't have to do that right now, but maybe they can. It opens up the door for a Western Michigan if you have eight teams. Right now, the way it's set up, you're never seeing Western Michigan in this thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I might be warming up to your little eight-team thing here. I mean, because when I think about it, you have power five. You got a power five, but you got a four-team playoff. That means you're slapping someone with the salami every year out of one of these conferences. And God forbid if any one of these years two teams from the same conference get in, that's a major diss. Chad, before we hit break, I had a friend send me a note Saturday, and he loves football, but not as much as us, and that he asked me questions if he's looking for information. He said, what do you think's caused these, these Saturdays? Because this was one of the most exciting Saturday ever. I gave him a simple answer. Satellite TV. He said, what do you mean? I said, when you were a kid 30, 40 years ago, the scout team at Alabama, USC, Notre Dame, they were better than the teams in their conferences. Why? Because if a kid wanted to be on TV – 
he better go there and sit for two or three years because that was the only way the NFL was ever going to know about him. Now, everybody's on TV. So, you you know, your kid goes to Florida, he looks, hey, they have 17 corners down there. I play corner. Central Florida will go just work just fine for me. I'll go over to Central Florida. I'll be on TV. It doesn't matter. People will know who I am if I can play football. Yeah, and it has spread out so your talent. Satellite TV and the Internet. And that's uh, certainly a topic that I'm going to be approaching here in the, uh, in the coming days or weeks. It's something I really need to hit on. We've got to take a quick break. Uh, great discussion there, and one that I think we're going to need to carry on uh, at a later date. And, it's, and we're going to have to because this is going to continue to be crazy. We'll take a break, though. When we get back, time to talk about the craziness in the NFL because we had it there, too. We'll be right back right after this. No matter how hard you try, you can stop us now. No matter how hard you try, you can stop us now. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. Football season's here and you want yourself set up for the weekend. Well, the Gridiron Stud Show is the place to be. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. and get the best picks in college and NFL football from Chad Wilson and Amo Calamino. They'll break it down for you, give you a little analysis and a little intelligence. You can do that or you can do this and listen to this. Hey! 
and call me now. I've got the templates for the entire weekend. Call me now on a recorded message that will give you free the Jets versus the Bills, the Lions versus the Cowboys, and the Eagles versus the Bucks. Call me now. I've got winners for you the entire weekend. Absolutely free. 1-800-238-I-WIN. 1-800-238-I-WIN. I've got all the inside info from all the casinos. That are those tickets. Call me free. I've got all the winners. Give them to me. I got them to you. You get them. You got them. I got them. We all got them. No need for that foolishness. Gridiron Stud Show every Friday, 10 a.m. Chad Wilson, Abel Calamino give you their top picks in college and NFL, and we win without all the foolishness. No spitting, no yelling. Top plays every week. Tune in every Friday, 10 a.m. Gridiron Stud Show, Blog Talk Radio, hosted by Chad Wilson and Amo Calamino. See you there. Pretty much. Uh, that's what happens when you get past uh, the good ripe age of uh, uh, where Emil <laughs> is. So that's yeah. that's where we are. But Emil, um, listen, it's a great thing that Dallas won that game. If you're a Cowboys fan, I just think Emil, um, I'm a little concerned. I right now, I think the Cowboys are the best team in the NFL right now. I think that was kind of proven after what happened last night. Um, if I could just pat myself on the back here, there was a yeah, I know, I know, I know, I with know, our, I know. With our rankings, I got to give it to the Cowboys, but I'm wondering if there is a problem looming ahead, and um, and, and it could be the only thing I think Amalek could derail this Dallas Cowboys football team. So, um, your owner, okay, your owner came out and said Dak Prescott's our guy. I don't know why it took him that long. Um, I yeah. guess he wanted to have the little drama that he, he, he had. He, I guess he milked that for as long as he could. He could no longer sure. do that after, after yesterday. No. You know, so that's the deal. But he's come out now and he said, Dak's our guy. But Tony Romo is going to, he, he's going to be healthy here. He probably is healthy right now, Amo, but he's, there's going to reach the point where. No, he's starting next week. He's the backup quarterback. It's already been announced. He'll be the backup quarterback against Baltimore. He will dress and be the backup quarterback. So what happens if Dak struggles in a game or in a couple of games? What do you do there? And it could, Amo, it could be a problem. It could definitely become a problem. Well, I mean, because we know Tony Romo's never struggled in a game. Yeah, but uh, that's besides the point. Tony <laughs> Romo is the veteran, and at what point do you start to wonder if Dak, the rookie, is hitting the wall? What does Dak have to do? Let me not for you. I'm not asking you this. I know you. I, what what happens there? 
I know you like that. Oh yeah, and Tony's record in the playoffs at two and four certainly makes him the the, the poster oh, child for handling Tony play. Romo now. Listen, I like Tony Romo, but this this Doesn't notion like that everybody's going to stir up crap with the Cowboys. That oh, you give a damn. That's gonna ha- hey, listen, if I'm a rival team in the NFC, I somehow find a way to get that stirred up to slow these Cowboys down. I understand, down but let's be honest. Dak doesn't give a damn. That's what I like about Dak. He walked on that field yesterday with 42 seconds left, and his eyes weren't like saucers. Nobody's eyes were like saucers. He got huddle, and it's like, we got three timeouts. Let's go down the damn field and kick a field goal. I I get it, Emil. I mean, and he was a cool customer on the field yesterday, but I'm just saying this again. You know, rookies hit the wall. Right now we're at the end of the college football season, um, and we're in, right now in the middle of the NFL season. What happens if Dak hits a wall or if he starts to struggle against maybe some of the better teams and we start wondering, has he hit a wall, or will he be able to handle the pressure, or will he be able to deal with what comes in when it's playoff football in the National Football League? He's he listen. Number one, he's going to have a bad game. That's inevitable. No rookie is no quarterback in the NFL for the most part is going to paint sixteen masterpieces. Okay, he's going to have he's going to have a bad game. I don't know what else he has to do at this point aside from just you know completely doing an RG three, which I don't see happening. The guys won at Green Bay, and say what you want about Green Bay right now, we'll get to them. But when when he played them, they had the top run defense in the NFL, and they weren't what they are right now. He won at Washington in a division game after a loss. He won at Pittsburgh yesterday. I mean, the guy beat one of the best defenses in the league, probably one that will not confuse him as much. as Philadelphia probably confused him more with the blitz scheme they came up with than any other team. This guy, for me right now, has to have a lot of rope because he's done a lot so far in nine games. I know nine games is a small sample in a career, but what he's done in that short time, He's got a lot of rope. And just let me caution you, and I've been a Tony Romo supporter. I think Tony's underappreciated by Cowboy fans because the years he played where they were losing and going 8-8, eight and eight, losing the last game of the year, those teams were not good teams. Let me tell you right now, those teams were last year's team without Tony Romo. That said, everybody remembers Tony Romo from 2014, the guy that won the passing title and rode DeMarco Murray to probably the best year of his career. Tony Romo played four games last year for the Cowboys. He threw five touchdowns and seven interceptions with a 79.4 quarterback rating in those four games. Yes, the Cowboys were 3-1 and one in the games. They won the games. But he was not Tony Romo of 2014 in, those, in that quarter season he played last year. I can't believe what I'm listening to right now. I don't think any of this would have come out of your mouth if Dak Prescott didn't get in behind center and start winning some games this year. Would you even be you saying anything? You stand where you sit. Of course it wouldn't have come out of my mouth. I would have had my oh, cowboy Tony Romo pom-pom on. But, but I'm telling you the truth. Yes, There's nothing I'm saying skirt. here. Pardon? And the matching skirt you would have had on. Oh, I would have had the, those white boots on. That was, was Oh, my God, I'm making myself sick thinking about that. Um, no, but honestly... There's nothing here I'm saying that it's not to bang him. The guy threw 121 passes last year. That's about three full games if you're throwing 40 passes a game. He he threw five touchdowns and seven picks. I mean, this is not necessarily the Tony Romo you get back. May not be the Tony Romo you saw in 2014. Two years is a long time, Chad, especially when a guy is 36 pushing 37 next spring. 
Or listen, Things or he might quickly. be Emil, or he just might be. And I'm telling you right now, you can't sit here and tell me for a guy who's as, as experienced and as intelligent as you that if Dak Prescott, if they roll into some kind of a two-game losing streak, you can't tell me the the buzz and the noise is not going to start to get loud about should Romo be in there. Oh, it is, it's and here's happen. the beauty. Here's the beauty. You can you can actually. Tony's a team guy. I mean, I sent you some stories that he had parties at his house when he's been out, had everybody there. Dak Prescott hey, not said to he's cut you nothing off, but though, Did you notice this yesterday? And I heard it. I obviously didn't see it because I was en route home. But um, I, I heard that there was a camera that captured Tony's face on the sideline and him mouthing, uh, it's his time. Yeah, he did. Did you hear about, see that? Yeah, he said it's his time. And he smiled. I mean, he had a he had a smile when the guy when the, when when Dez beat the guy for the touchdown. It wasn't like Romo sat on the bench and pouted. He was standing up on the sidelines. He had a smile. And he said, "It's his time." Listen, he said he'll he said he would be the backup. And not, I mean, does he want to be the backup? Hell no. The guy's been to the Pro Bowl. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna sit there and say, "Oh, goody goody, I get to be the backup." But I've read numerous stories. His best friend is his cousin. His cousin said, "Listen, I can't speak for him, but the sense I get." is that if Tony can't play in Dallas, he doesn't want to play anymore. He, he loves the city, loves the organization. His house is here. He just built a mansion with money from the new contract. Um, he had a big party for the whole team there a couple right, weeks let me ago. Stop this isn't going to be about what Tony wants. I'm telling you this. Um, the Cowboys just beat the Steelers. Okay, everything's rolling along fine. Um, then sure. you head out to Minnesota, who's got to get their act together soon. That's a really, really tough defense. You take that loss against Minnesota, um, and you're all kind of messed up about it. Then you go on to travel and play the New York Giants in New York, and you lose mm-hmm. that game in a primetime contest. Emil, the noise is going to start, and I'm t- uh, this could be a potential problem for what is a very strong Dallas Cowboys team right now. How do you quiet oh, that listen, noise? I don't start? disagree, but here's the thing. They can go to Romo at that point. Dak Prescott's not going to be a problem. Prescott knows his future. Part, pardon? They can go to Romo, you're telling me? So Romo plays two, three more games, um, and Dak sits, um, a, a hot Dak sits, then Tony gets hurt, and then you throw Dak in there for what? The first-round playoff game? You reintroduce well, him? Wait, 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 wait. You, your, scenario, wait your scenario just pointed that Dak isn't hot when he sits, because if he, if he loses two in a row, then, then maybe he's not so I, hot. Listen, it's, not, it's not the Dallas <laughs> Prescotts. It's just that the games were lost. I mean, you and I were having this discussion last night, and you, you know, in typical fan fashion, said, hey, uh, Pittsburgh's going to win this game 32-29. Trust me, I've been there. I've tried to jinx my own team and re-jinx and all that other stuff. And I told No, I you, really did think, well, well I, was, I was almost right. It's not like I was wrong. Pittsburgh went down and scored. Well, you know, you know what almost counts in? Horseshoes and uh, well, handmade. Okay, go ahead. Abuse, abuse me some more. Go ahead. Tell me, what, tell me where I'm wrong. Go ahead. So, Mr. Faithful Cowboys fan, they came through with a big one. Um, and I would—I told you, though, that if they lost this game 32-29, that wouldn't be Dak's fault, but they lost the game. You know what I mean? And then people will start to play. I'm just telling you, my friend. Well, friends. you're an intelligent guy. Let me ask you this. Do you, do you think that, obviously, there has to be some analysis in your scenarios of why they lost? I mean, no, if they go to Minnesota. No These are fans. There's no analysis. You Who lost cares the about the fans? Your mind. 
The locker room is where it matters. The, the guys who play, that watch the film, they know what's what. If they go to Minnesota and Dak throws four picks and they lose 17-10, and then they go to New York and he throws three more and they lose 20-17, to guys might say, hey, this kid's time is going to be coming, but we have a, a relief pitcher sitting here that we think that Emo, we can fix some of this. Of social media, like outside noise is filtered into locker rooms left and right. It's doing it more and more. Do I like it? No. Absolutely, positively hate it. But, uh, it, you know, it is what it is. I think we're going to be debating this thing to go um, for, for, a time to, for a time to come here. This is going to be the little – that's why I played the Dallas theme song because I think this thing's going to – it's going to be playing itself out here. I hope to goodness the Cowboys just keep on winning, but to expect them to go 15-1. and one, And I'm telling you that Minnesota Giants back-to-back road contest, uh, that's, that's going to be a tough one for them to deal with. Let, I want to slide into something else. Emil, did you happen to catch this yesterday? All right. Coach, were you uh, happy or annoyed that Trump read the letter? Seattle. So your team's always been good at keeping outside distractions on the outside. Given the nature of this presidential race, Seattle. Did you find it? Seattle. Did you find it uh, helpful to talk Seattle. to players about this? If any of your players talk to you about this, Seattle. Any concerns about. Any locker room ranker as a result of this? Emil, I laughed my behind off watching it. <laughs> I was in Seattle. Tears. Seattle. Seattle. I mean, this guy Seattle. is something else. You know, though, if I'm a reporter, though, Emil, I think I just stop after all that and be, hey, listen, Bill, look, I get it. All right. You've got a disdain for us as reporters because somehow you think we don't need to exist. But let me explain something to you, Mr. Bill Belichick. Um, I'm in the business of selling stories and uh, getting people interested in this game of football and your football team. And it is and uh, our presence as the media covering this game has grown it to the point where you can make X amount of millions of dollars and feed the Belichick family tree. So you think you might want to give us a couple of answers here and draw in some folks. I, that's the kind of way that I might come at Bill. I might well, how do you think it would go down if he looked at you and said, I'll tell you what, Sonny. When that camera yeah, goes off, you've got it. It's not going to gonna be in another press conference. But hey, I'll get my sound bite. I'll be on YouTube forever. <laughs> I know. Could you imagine looking at him and going, "You have to get out of this room, and I'm standing near the door, son." Man, and he is beaming this guy with Seattle. 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 I mean, absolutely hilarious. Um, they got Seattle last night, and they got a little more than they can handle. How about the Seahawks going to New England and kind of showing them who's boss? Hey, Tom, you came back. You beat up on some teams that had trouble. Everyone was putting you guys in the Super Bowl and holding up the Lombardi trophy, but we're not gone yet. Hey, we're here, baby. How about that? Well, here's my concern if I'm the Patriots, okay? It's not necessarily – I'll be honest. If they lost that game to Seattle, say, 17-14, 20-17, I wouldn't have been as concerned if I was New England because Seattle plays defense. That's what Seattle does. But I sent you a text late in that game, and I said something that I was kidding around about my team. I said, listen, I don't know if the Cowboys can stop the Patriots. I really don't. But I'm pretty damn sure the Patriots can't stop the Cowboys because I was watching their defense. And let's be honest. I mean, Russell Wilson's playing good ball, but that Seattle offense is not a juggernaut. They have trouble in their offensive line. You know, they they don't have – a huge big-time receiver other than their tight end, who is their big-time receiver. And they went up and down the field against New England. And if I'm New England, I'm scared as hell watching that film. 
Um, I, I would be as well. Um, they got some things to work on uh, defensively, though. I, I don't. Is that a championship defense? I'm with you. I don't. I don't know if that's the case. Well, I don't even mean championship. I mean, listen, you're not going to be in today's game. I think we both realize this. What's happened with the salary cap and the rules? You're not necessarily going to be super on both sides of the ball. I mean, you got to be super in two phases of the game, which is one side of the ball. And I think special teams, you got to have the kicker, the punter, the stuff that wins ball, the, the hidden yardage. So, so I'm not asking New England to, to be Seattle on defense. But that was just, like, too easy for what Seattle brings to the table offensively outside of Russell Wilson. That was just too easy. The one at the end of the first half where he scrambled around and just some guy standing in the corner of the end zone picking his nose by himself, he throws him basically what amounts to a punt for a touchdown. Hey, yeah, I was stunned at the, I was stunned at the the ease at which uh, New England walked down on that first drive, and then I was a uh, you know a little I was surprised at uh you know what Seattle was able to do offensively. I mean they looked like a really good offensive football team, and that's just not something we've been able to say about Seattle this season. I'm I'm, I'm just be being honest here, and Seattle's uh the you know my, my NFC representative in the Super Bowl this year that I picked early on, but I mean, Emil, let's just look at these numbers. Russell Wilson. Hey, fans, wait, wait, wait. Fans have to understand with Chad. When he goes to his closet every Sunday, it's hard. He goes back and forth. He's a closet Seattle and Cowboys fan, so he doesn't know what T-shirt to get on any given Sunday. I he just, just goes like back and football, <laughs> and as a free agent fan who turned in his, his, his card for the Rams in 1987, I reserved the right to hop from team to team and be a total whore if I need to. So here I am. <laughs> Uh, Russell Wilson, 25 of 37, 348, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, w- come on. And then ProSize was ripping off runs. New England better fix something really quick. No, they, well, you know, you hit the, you were ahead of the curve on New England. I give you credit in this. And obviously, we're in the middle of the season. So this could all change in, in seven weeks from now. New England could be 14 and two and beating hell out of everybody. But you've been down on, on, on just the way they're, they're, they're going about stuff. And, and to some extent, I think the end of that game highlighted points you've made. Here they are sitting there. What was it? First and goal on the two-yard line. And mm-hmm. I kept texting you. Let's see if they can slam it in here. And they tried. I mean, damn, did they try the first three times. They tried to run the ball nowhere. Then they tried a quarterback sneak, and he just got absolutely stoned and almost fumbled the ball. So finally, here you are, fourth and goal from the one because they got a penalty to put it back to the one-yard line. And your play to win to tie the game is a back shoulder fade to your tight end. Yeah. They cry um, for pass interference, which, by the way, that wasn't pass interference. The tight end engaged the defender first. I don't know no, why anybody. I, I will thought. say this. I will say this about that play, um, man. Yeah, I mean, yes, it, it, Gronk it, Gronk initiated the contact, but man, to throw yourself down as a defender. Um, you took a huge chance doing that there. And, and for those of you who didn't see the play, I mean, it was Cam Chancellor matched up on, on Gronkowski, and that's the only matchup for Seattle that you could have there. And uh, they, kind of, they kind of mutually uh, initiated contact. It happened at the same time. You know, they both put their hands out. And for Chancellor, who kind of threw himself back on the ground, he took a serious chance there that uh, a call would be made on Gronkowski 
because when you throw yourself back, you're pretty much just letting Gronkowski go, and there's a big chance that he could catch the ball. There was no call made. So if Gronkowski had kept his balance and caught the ball, that's it. Game over. So he took a hell of a chance. Game tied. Game tied. Game tied. Yeah. Assuming well, yeah, the guy can yeah, make the extra point. Yeah. Um, I mean, he took a heck of a chance there. I thought that was rather interesting on that point. Well, but, we, but, I mean, I, I think you agree with me. I mean, I, I didn't have a rooting interest in the game, per se. So, I, I mean, I just being honest, I would not have thrown a flag because Grock went at him in that five-yard zone and, and basically, you know, tried to body him. So, I didn't see any other move Chancellor could make other than to engage him at that point. So, I don't know how you throw the flag, you know, for – pass interference there. I think you got to eat it and let them play it out. I mean, they both, well, you already, they you, both like you, you already know where I sit on that whole thing. Right. Right. I mean, with the uh, few minutes that we have remaining, we do need to recap our picks. Um, why don't you do both your college and NFL picks and I'll do the same. And then we'll uh, get to the fantasy before we head out here on a, on sure. a Monday. Big week for me. Finally, back in the winning column, four and two overall college football, Started off with a winner on West Virginia, plus two against Texas type ball game, but they went down there, they took care of business, won the game outright. Winner for me. My loss probably should have been a push. Indiana was was ahead most of the game against Penn State, fell behind 38-31 with 20 or 30 seconds left. The quarterback got hit, fumbled, scoop score. Penn State wins by 14. I take an L getting seven. And then finally took a big win for my Trojans. People out there saying he's a homer. No, I'm just not going to miss an opportunity for a hot USC team plus eight and a half points. They went up there, they dominated Washington and won that game outright. So two and one in college, putting me at 13, 19 and one still got work to do slide over to the pros start off with Carolina Panthers, a game you and I went against one another. I think you could agree. You have to feel a little fortunate here. Carolina jumps out to a 17, nothing lead giving three. You you got to feel good. They just, I I, I knew that's how the game was going to go. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, they just imploded. Cam threw a pick six. Everything went wrong. They fumbled at the end, set him up for a field goal. They lose 20-17. to 17. That's my lone loss in the pros. I come back with the Redskins in a tight ball game, giving two and a half to the Vikings. They kick four second-half field goals, win the game 26-20. I get the cover. And then finally, the Denver Broncos catching three. Uh, for those who didn't see the game, the, uh, the Saints had tied it up and were about to go ahead by a point with a minute 20 left. Denver would have had the ball with the chance to win on a field goal, but they did better than that. They blocked the extra, returned it for two, won the game outright by two. Either way, I would have been a winner. So I was 2-1 and one there, making me 11-17-2 in the pros, 4-2 and two for the week, though. I'm, I'm coming back. I'm, I'm going to be chasing you, man. I, I, I see that, and I kind of opened a door there for you in college football. Uh, went with Texas, put my faith in Charlie Strong and the boys, and got done up as they lost. It was a close game, though. Uh, yeah, it could have happened for me. Yeah, it, but it didn't. Uh, so Texas fell to West Virginia, took a loss on that one. I thought Cal could hang around, but this Washington State team is for real, I guess. Um, they're actually playing some defense, which is the biggest surprise. You know they're going to run out there and, and, and put up points. Um, no surprise there, but um, they're starting to hold teams down defensively. What the hell is going on out there in Pullman, Washington? Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Uh, so, yeah, no, you know, they're playing good ball. Yeah, my lone winner was Stanford, who's just completely owned Oregon, whether they're up or they're down. So I end up going one and two there. What's what's my season-long record there, my friend? I'm hanging Season record? You're still above the Mendoza line, 17 and 16 in college football. 17 and 16. You know, I'm, you know, I'm better than that in college, but all right. Uh, uh, I made up for it in the pros, took 
took Green Bay. That was my lone loser. They were never competitive in this game. We didn't even get a chance to talk about the disaster that is Green Bay right now. The Tennessee Titans score. Their defense 47. is on a milk carton right now somewhere. Okay, I think they're, they're on just a milk tired carton. So when not, you go to the store, you might find their defense. Yeah, they're tired of yeah. being out there. Uh, too many damn plays. So nevertheless, um, they folded big time. Um, so I took the loss there. You already talked about the Denver game. Very happy to get that. And I just want to mention that um, the, the young man that blocked the kick for Denver's uh, kid that I, one of the kids that I trained uh, for the combine, Justin Simmons, a really good kid, great player. Awesome. With a lot of potential um, out of Boston College. So I was very happy to see the kid make the play. And uh, Denver pulled it off for us. So double happy on that particular play there. And then Kansas City doing, you know, exactly what I, I knew they'd fall behind like this and just come back, Amol. I mean, it, <laughs> I, I, had this, I had this plan. It just went exact. Listen, I'd written that game off, by the way. I was like, all right, well, that's, a, that's an L. And this Green Bay thing looks like it's going sideways. So it's going to be a nice two and four weekend for me. But as it turns out, the Chiefs come back. They're, gonna, they're a very strong team in the AFC. And one, uh, as you've mentioned, should not be – slept on we didn't yeah, do don't, don't sleep on them they they win ugly but that's part of the beauty of how they win they, they hang around they're good on specials they play strong defense uh they handled oakland at oakland earlier this year and pretty easily so don't sleep on the chiefs as they start getting healthy yeah we didn't even get a chance to do a top five in the nfl i don't you know i'm wondering where i would put kc in this thing because we got a uh, that's a that top five would be tough today. Nevertheless, uh, maybe maybe we do that later Friday. on. Friday, let's week. do it Friday before next weekend's games. We'll each roll out our top five. How's that? Well, we'll see. We'll see if we can fit that in. I think those things are great on Monday, as everyone's losing their mind about what happened. But we'll see. Perhaps we could fit that in. So two and one. Where am I at in the NFL this season? Sixteen and thirteen with a push. So your overall record is thirty-three, twenty-nine, one tie. And I'm 24 and 36 with three ties, so you've got an eight-game lead on me if you do the math there. Sounds about right there, my friend. Yeah, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't be displeased with that. I need to hold on to that lead as uh, we we run through this season. Just keep that margin on you right there. All right, I'm trying to figure out uh, what it is exactly you accumulated in points yesterday in uh, in the in the Fanduel Fantasy Football Focus. Um, I'm not able to get the points right now for Sproles and Cutler, but let me just run through what happened there for me. I guess I picked the right quarterback yesterday. And you know what? Marcus Mariota might be a really underrated guy there. I don't, you know, you know, he's entered into this thing with the Titans, not a very good football team, not a whole lot of weapons. I'd still say he doesn't really have a whole bunch, but this just goes to show you what you can do when you have a pretty strong running game. He doesn't have lights out receivers, uh, which is the argument everyone is making for Aaron Rodgers. But there's a difference there. The Titans are running the football, and so things are a little clearer for Marcus Mariota when he drops back to pass. And um, as a result, he goes out, has himself a really great day, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. It amounts to 28.6 points for me there. I went with Spencer Ware from the Chiefs uh, by virtue of um, them being, you know, so far behind early on in the game. It kind of limited what he would do running the football, probably cut down on the points there. He ended up with a you know, semi-decent day, but not not close to some of the uh, performances he's put up earlier in the season. So only 8.7 points there. And then I went with Jamison Crowder. Felt like, uh, you know, maybe uh, off in the cut, as they say, he'd be able to come up with something. When you pay 6K for a guy and he comes up with 12.4 points, you did pretty well. Uh, kind of just double the salary there. So I ended up with 49.7 points. 
on your end, the only say you won. Okay, I had Antonio Brown, and he was the only guy that did anything. So I think we can clearly say that you've got the the record up to four and two for me, or two and four for you. Everyone look at it in our challenge because. I mean, I had Cutler, and they got beat 36-10, so we don't need to do much math there. There wasn't much scoring. And Sproles didn't find the end zone for the Eagles. So, you know, he had a decent game as far as I think he had 60 or 70 yards running and, you know, 20 or 30 receiving, whatever it was. But it's not going to be enough to overtake 49 points. Yeah, you had a great pick in Antonio Brown. He he uh, put up some big numbers yesterday. He ended up with 27 point. Four points for him. I'll uh, I'll look up the point totals on Cutler and Sproles and and uh, give you a total there on that. But yeah, it's safe to assume that I won this one. And and, and this is where the roll starts for me, Abel. This is where it is. I hope. Yeah, we'll uh, get the final score for Friday shows before we do our next set of picks, so we know just how many points you barely won because of what I said. Antonio Brown better never get hurt. That's all I can tell you, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Because I'm watching that game yesterday. I'm saying, what does this team do? If this guy's not on the field, they throw him the ball in every situation. They throw it to well, him on screens. It might be a thing where, look, the Cowboys survived without Des Bryant. There, there are other weapons on this Pittsburgh team. You might be able to say, hey, if Antonio Brown's out of there, they might discover some of these other weapons. And you still got Le'Veon Bell, Mr. Do-Everything. Yes, he's a very good running back, man. You watch that guy, yeah, he can so, do everything well. Yeah, I still say um, his career right now is amazing to me because I – did not see any of that when he was at Michigan State. So um, great for him. That just goes to show sometimes um, there's a little luck involved in the NFL as you fall to the right franchise that, you know, you're able to do things. Um, and you're really able to realize all of your talents. But nevertheless, man, that is it. We have hit, uh, we've hit the bell here on the Monday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Uh, great show, Emil. We got into a little debate about uh, the college football playoff, a little healthy debate. Um, we talked a little bit about the soap opera that are the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to continue to watch that. Things are great right now, Emil, but uh, trouble might be coming down their way. Let me enjoy it when it's great. Just yeah, enjoy it. We didn't even get to the. We didn't even get to the debate. Um, who's the better? Who's the better? Who's really the better cowboy right now? I hear everyone talking about Dak, but what about Ezekiel Elliott? Could he be the guy? We didn't even get into that. Maybe that's something we could jump. Yeah, into. we'll talk about that Friday when we're doing the games a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I'm back on tomorrow at 10 a.m. So uh, don't fear. I'll be back. Uh, the uh, Gridiron Stud Show is on every day here. So I'll be back at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Emil joins me on Friday. We want to thank all of you for listening. For Emil Calamina, I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. Enjoy the rest of your day.